All right, welcome everybody to the social media beer mashup event of the century. Uh, we are here at Nostalgia Brewing, uh, the future home of Nostalgia Brewing. Uh, I'm Dean Zarbaugh. I'm host of the Taproom Exclusive out of Cleveland, Ohio. I am joined by the best of the best here in Ohio beer knowledge people. Uh, let's just start down here to my right and uh, say your name, uh, where you're from, and uh, what area you represent uh, in Ohio. First off, I think you're being really generous by saying we're the best of the best. <laughs> well, Northeast I, or Ohio beer I, culture, but I see what I believe. Thank you, Dean. Thank yes. you. You're very welcome. Take it away. Hi, I'm Nikki McVicky from The Hop and the Bean, and we are out of Akron, Ohio. We just started this summer um, trying to cover most of, uh, you know, a little bit of Northeast Ohio, but branching out as much as we can. It's my partner, Bud, Buzz Andrews, over here. Yeah, yeah Buzz <laughs> Andrews here, not Bud. Uh, Buzz. <laughs> Hopping the bean out of Akron, Ohio. We hit up uh, brew pubs and coffee shops all around the Akron area. We've even explored some parts of central Ohio, mm-hmm. but uh, mainly out of Akron, coffee shops and brew pubs, the hop and the bean. Mm-hmm. I think what's kind of cool about this event is we have kind of a cross-section of uh, bloggers, Facebook page runners, um, podcasters that all kind of do something a little bit different. So I, I kind of like the unique take that the Hop and the Bean has because they do something that's a little bit different from what the rest of us do, where you guys really focus on the community aspect. Yeah, yeah. Um, going in and talking to the brewers about like how they build community in their tap rooms, you know, their community outreach, things that they do as far as you know fundraisers. I mean, you're really really focused on community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so. yeah. And that's always the unique story. We were talking today with one of the brewers. Well, we could talk forever about the beer or the coffee and their origins and the brewing style and everything else, but we we love capturing the stories of um, their story, actually, and the people and the community, exactly like you just said. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Rob Tittle. I'm uh, Northeast Ohio Craft Brewery News um, Facebook page. Been up for about two years, coming up on our two-year anniversary. And unlike the rest of these fine folks that's sitting at this table, I am neither a podcaster or a... Uh, blogger um, per se. What do you se. consider yourself? I, cons- I mean, basically our page is a, a, a beer news aggregation site. So that's pretty much all we do is that we share our news in one convenient, um, neat package to go from all around the state. So I'm sharing, sharing all the um, stories from Mark Bona of Cleveland.com, Rick Armand of uh, the Akron Beacon Journal, J.D. Malone down in Columbus. I mean, if it's a, a story that I think is you know important to beer fans in Ohio, um, with a particular focus on Northeast Ohio, you know that's that's the, the stuff that I kind of aggregate and share in one in one place. So you don't have to look at twenty seven thousand different beer Facebook pages because <laughs> let's face it, I mean our it sucks our going scene through in, that our many. scene in Ohio is like exploding. I mean we're we're coming up on. I think we talked here a couple days ago about we're, we're approaching 300 breweries in, right. in the state of Ohio now, and it gets daunting if you're a beer fan that likes to. Um, get out to top tap rooms and try new places um, to try to keep track of all those mm-hmm. places and what place is opening and who's got the latest new beer release and who's expanding and it's kind of nice to have everything and just in one neat package where you just follow it on one page and so I kind of try to step on, stay on top of that. So, Dean. Nice. Uh, yeah, like I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, my show is called the Tap Room Exclusive. I'm out of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, every month on my show, I feature a new brewery, and every week in that month, I feature a breakdown and a history of a different beer on their menu. Just kind of give people an idea of of where the beer they're drinking comes from and the inspiration behind it. I, 
that's a lot of the stuff I really gravitate towards along with the community aspect of it. You know, it, it seems like in the craft beer world, the community is the biggest part and it seems like they're the biggest uh, provider of support to this industry outside of any, you know, people like movies and stuff, they go and see movies, but there seems to be a big passion with craft beer consumers that allow us to do all of this. Uh, and that's, that's amazing. Um, I just, I really like to hear kind of why they came up with a name of a brewery or a beer, mm -hmm. why they decided to go with that specific style and, you know, give people an option if they want to go home and eat with it, you know, give you pairing options and stuff like that. Try to do like a real breakdown. Every episode's only about 15 to 20 minutes. Nice, uh, uh, well, concise. I think yeah, that's what I like. Yeah, it's concise and it's, it's a, a, for travel. You know, right, yeah. Concise. I, I think I like that most about your format. And not, the, not to knock any other podcaster, but most beer podcasts and most podcasts in general turn, seem to run around an hour long. Yeah, sure. hours and are People great. have a short attention span. Absolutely. It's when and you so get into nice like that three can, pluses that you're like, oh, uh, that's a lot. That's and a lot. this podcast is probably going to run longer than most. Yeah, we're talking but that's, about, you know, when you get six or seven people you got seven, at a table. Eight, beer people right. beer fans that are talking about beer we tend to yeah. get a little bit long-winded but i like the fact that yours are short concise 15 minute episodes <coughs> that you can kind of listen to once a week at your leisure um i listen to them a lot when i'm sitting in my desk at my full-time job you know and whenever I, you have a new episode come on i always get geeked to, to hear Tuesdays. about what you're talking about that week so uh, <laughs> cool format and it's a great show so definitely well, tune into the tap room uh, exclusive rob's been a huge yeah. help with uh with uh promoting the show with, as with hop and bean uh, you know, Rob's been doing great about helping get the word out about all of our different formats and stuff. And absolutely. Rob, thank you so much uh, sure. for yeah, put, I, and for putting this together with Sean, uh, Sean down here at the end uh, from Points on Pints. You know, him and Rob really put the leg. Can we have there. a round of applause uh, for Sean? Yeah, for the let's, yeah. let's yeah. Sean. Sean hooked us up with a couple of beer tours, and man, did we have a lot of fun today. Yeah, so, um, yeah. yeah it's, thank you guys both for putting this together and really working hard. Uh, continuing on down the line now, we've got uh, to my left, Brian. Yeah. So uh, I'm Brian Vick. I'm with uh, NEO Craft Beer Community. Um, wound up in that with two of my really good friends, Ryan and Ryan. And I'm, I'm convinced the only reason I'm still a moderator in the group is because I'm Brian and not Ryan. <laughs> that's, that's debated. Um, I, I'm a transplant down here in Columbus, originally from Northeast Ohio, born, raised, worked, went to school, spent the majority of my time up there, and honestly had the unfortunate timing of leaving Northeast Ohio before the real explosion of the craft beer scene up there. So it's really still cool to stay ingrained. I've still got friends and family up there, so I'm up there quite a bit, but it's also cool seeing the Columbus aspect of it and how it relates to Cleveland. And just as everybody has said across the state of Ohio, really trying to just tie everything together because, I mean, we're only separated by an hour and a half. You know, it's amazing how different things can get right. from Cleveland to Columbus and even, you know, down to Cincinnati. So, And going to your point about the explosion in this state in everything, you know, I was gone for almost 10 years after college, through college and after college and stuff. And, you know, Great Lakes was like the main place up in Cleveland when I left. Uh, and now I come back and I came back like a few years ago. And now it's insane. It's just the wealth of great quality breweries that we have all around the mm -hmm. state is just incredible. Yep. Yeah. Uh, continuing sure. on down to the gnome. Yeah, I, I'm the gnarly gnome. I'm from the Cincinnati region. Um, I have to say region because people get mad when I say that um, I write about Cincinnati <laughs> and then I do a brewery that's like 40 miles away. But <laughs> I, I have like a, like a 40 mile bubble around um, Fountain Square in Cincinnati that I consider the city. Um, do a podcast called Cincy Brewcast. The blog is gnarlygnome.com. 
Um, and I just eat, sleep, and breathe the Cincinnati beer, which was why today was so fun because I don't like get out to other breweries that aren't Cincinnati breweries right. that often. No. Same here um, with I Cleveland. Even, I don't even get to drink the beer on the shelf because I've got so much stuff backed up that I'm trying to, <laughs> to do out there. So, um, yeah, that's what it's I do. It's a good problem to have. It is a good problem to have. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, uh, we continue with Sean. Uh, and uh, introduce yourself. So my name is Sean. I uh, have been running a website slash Instagram page, Facebook page, uh, Points on Pints for the last three years or so. And it was basically started to track my beer tourism around Ohio. So I've uh, been to now 176 breweries in nice. all Sean. of Ohio. And uh, I am now coming on to Nostalgia Brewing, which we're sitting in as the uh, mm-hmm. marketing lead. So. Nice. Um, nostalgia will be my 177th nice. brewery wow. if you count new breweries. Um, I just want to say you're my hero. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that's a lot, man. Track, that's, right? yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, um, the website was to keep track. <laughs> <laughs> it was built exactly. in. It was like you planned exactly. it. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, beer tourism was was big in Columbus. The Ale Trail launched four years ago. It'll be the fifth iteration. Uh, there really wasn't a trail anywhere else, so I was looking for more. You know, I completed yeah. the Yale Trail. I was looking for more, so I started going outside of Columbus, and that's where you know Northeast Ohio and Toledo and Cincinnati, and you know that's how I found Gnarly Gnome over here. Was yeah. you know you look up Cincinnati beer and you see you know everything from him. So that's awesome. Thank you for all of the great content. Oh, that you it's provide. just because we're sharing a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> we're really close. <laughs> Uh, and you know, speaking of nostalgia, uh, go ahead and tell everybody about uh, about this place and kind of yeah. uh, how you kind of came to be involved and what the plans are for this uh, this awesome space. Yeah, so I became involved with uh, the other owners, Jason and Michelle, which they're off camera, but they're they're here. Uh, they worked, they owned multiple brewing down in Nelsonville, and I approached them about six to nine months back. I don't know exactly the time frame, but about uh, helping them out with marketing and, and just you know doing it pro bono just to get a little bit of a repertoire, if you will, and helped out. Uh, Jason and Michelle had the opportunity to come on and start something new here. So that's, uh, that's what they approached me with nice. to be a part of it. And yeah, it, uh, it started uh, January 1st. We started tearing down some things and, and re reestablishing this brewery as nostalgia brewing and uh excited to bring a new brewery to creekside and gahanna and yeah it's uh it's coming along but it's still a few weeks away so. yeah this i can't, a, I can't really wait cool for the saved by the bell theme that you guys are gonna have going <laughs> yeah. <on>. yeah yeah <laughs> little, little inside joke Slater. <laughs> I did read about that. Uh, <laughs> um, you're killing me <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna change somebody's name to smalls uh, <laughs> We're uh, we're tasting. We're all tasting the uh, the Hellas from lager. the beer fridge. Uh, yeah. From you guys, this preview. is a really nice Hellas. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'm already yeah. empty. This yeah. is the yeah. second. Is like going I, I got like I got in trouble because <laughs> yeah. I I drank mine before we started, and I did not know it was supposed to be on camera when we began. So <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. When you put beer in front of beer nerds, we're gonna drink it. Yeah. Um, this, uh, fair point. This Hellas is called seven seven three four. If you uh, ever used a calculator as a as a young oh, lad, yeah, gotcha. you probably know what oh, that's okay. about. So, gotcha. Yeah. I was going to yeah. ask about that. Okay, yeah. there we so go. So the tagline for Nostalgia is beer that starts a conversation, and, and we wanted to name our beer something nostalgic, something that brought back memories from the past, 
and elicited that that good feeling of, of are you gonna something. have anything else that was spelled where you could flip the calculator upside down Dean's Maybe. actually uh, typing 7734 into his phone right now to see what I happens. I had to figure it out. I, 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 what's a calculator? Uh, I'm, no. Uh, 8008. Yeah, that yes. was going to say. That's, yes. the, that's the obvious next one. Um, and then, you know, so there's been a lot going on in 2018 within Ohio. Uh, it seems like all over the state uh, there's stuff popping up everywhere. Lots of great events going on and expansions, expansions, expansions galore. Uh, I kind of want to just start back at the end again and work our way down uh, like we did and kind of just go over some of the the bigger news events uh, from your region uh, from, from the last year. Sure, yeah. Um, so as we've traveled around, Hop in the Bean, mainly Akron area, one of the biggest things that we've seen in the works it's going to be huge for downtown Akron is Arche's expansion into uh, Canal Place. Mm -hmm. 60,000 square foot facility that they've started construction on, kind of really breaking ground as they headed into the new year, end of uh, last year though. And um, if you know anything about Canal Place, it's a historical building downtown Akron. It's going to be a very, a big, big, big deal for the Akron, uh, what's going to be called the Akron Beer District um, in downtown Akron tying into kind of an, another story that relates directly to it, which is the Akron Beer District. Um, that's gonna tie in the newly Lock 15 opening, uh, Akronim. Um, Royal Docks is throwing in a brew pub in the Bowery building. I don't believe anything is in uh, writing yet. It's not 100, it's, yeah, it's not yeah, 100%, but, but I, I would, if I know those guys, I would bet on it would uh, right. happening. They have released an article about it. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's going to be huge, turning Akron into a, a beer destination. And you forgot Missing Falls. And missi Don't forget Missing, missing Falls. Missing Falls, absolutely, right across the door from the new Arche facility. Literally, it, you'll be able yeah. to open the door and walk from one to the other. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a, a massive deal. It's going to create a lot of uh, more of that community that we we're talking about in Akron. Literally, the mayor has already approved the term Akron Brew District. And so, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. very so cool. So I couldn't be more excited. I've talked with Ron for about a couple of years now about this plan that he's had in the works and seeing it come to life and seeing he documents all his construction on his videos, and it's absolutely amazing. Yep. yep. So I, I'm super stoked for it. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be awesome. Yeah. yeah. There's just a lot. Of, uh, Akron's just blowing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's just so much going on out that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the whole scene, I mean, it's just kind of becoming like a mini Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you don't want to get in the car and drive 45 minutes to the north, <laughs> there's just as much happening in downtown Akron now mm -hmm. as there are there is in uh, in Cleveland. But, you know, a lot of stuff probably at the fraction of the cost. It's going to become an area where you can really like, have a, like a family event. You know, take yeah. the kids to an Akron, um, is it arrows, rubber ducks? What are they calling them? The rubber ducks. Yeah, the rubber ducks. Yeah, rubber ducks. Yeah. Take the kids yeah. to a rubber ducks baseball game during the summer the for a fraction of the team is called the rubber ducks? It is yes. called the rubber ducks. Oh, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Believe it or yeah. not. Yes. Yeah, I, I said they should name the stadium yeah, the bathtub. Amazing. And I don't know who <laughs> I don't know who thought that would, that's a good idea. Yeah. It, it is the some headquarters Goodyear, of Goodyear. Some Goodyear yeah. guy came yeah. out. He's like yeah. rubber ducks. Yeah, right. but I mean, you can take the kids to a game and then afterwards go out to dinner, grab a bite, hit a couple breweries. Yeah. Right. You know, and, yeah. and probably do it for the fraction of cost what it, of what it would take to do that yeah. same experience down in the big city. Um, yeah. So a lot of good things happening down in Akron right now. Mixed with everything happening in Cuyahoga Falls. Mm -hmm. yep. I mean, we have about, what, four, five breweries? Four, soon to be five. Soon to be five. Well, I three, mean, soon to be four, soon to be five, because Ohio <laughs> Brewing's not open on, yet. Yeah, on Front Street, all those. I mean, 
I'm sure we'll get into Missing Mountain, uh, uh, Hi-Ho, all those guys doing phenomenal things. So, I mean, in like, what, 10, 15 minutes away from downtown Akron, it's tying it all into a, a beautiful scene. Yep, for sure. Anything, so, else, of, anything else from you guys? As I far mean, as, like, there's, it seems like there's a lot to narrow down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot happened in 2018. A, yeah, kind of casting a big net right now. Yeah. Um, and just kind of watching it grow and not really narrowing it down yet. But, I mean, there's still some stuff, I think, that bleeds over into Rob's uh, page, being Northeast Oil Craft Brew News. But, um, yeah, nothing super specific. All right. Yeah. I think probably my two biggest stories of the year are probably the new Fatheads um, expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, fat, Fatheads, I think, has taken over the universe along with <laughs> <laughs> along with probably Platform and BrewDog. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's going to be all, all Ohio brew everywhere uh, soon. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the really huge 120,000-square-foot building that they opened this year um, in Middleburg Heights uh, opened in, I don't know, Dean and I went to the grand opening. When was yeah, that, it August? was August uh, 20-something. Yeah, August, and, yeah. I mean, that place is just blowing up already. Um, and Fatheads announced, you know, the big plans for distribution this year yeah, and a lot of your favorite, work. favorite beers that you haven't been able to get before um, much more than <laughs> once a year, like Hop Juju now going to be available in cans yeah, four the times cans a year. Yeah, the cans is going to be nice. Yeah. Um, so that's a big deal because, I mean, Fatheads is, is kind of universally adored, um, at least in the Midwest. And, um, yeah, and now sure. their ability to produce that much more quality beer and get it out to market Um in the quantities that people want you know i don't have to be chasing it down all the time or only have to have it once a year so that was a pretty huge expansion and, and the site is is beautiful if you haven't been out there yet it i highly is, encourage yeah. you to take the trip over there um my other big story i think probably from 2018 is the um the 13 or 14 medals that ohio brewers won at yes. um, great american yeah. brew fest this year and then uh i mean Obviously, we have some great brewers throughout the entire state. Ohio is making some top-notch beer right now. But if I can just brag on Northeast Ohio, <laughs> not to knock any other region, 10 of those 14 medals did come from Northeast Ohio. I'm just saying. <laughs> there, there were six yeah, of so them from Cincinnati, though. There were, yes. And two just from one brewery alone. It's Brink knocked Brink. it out of the park, and they're the only brewery in the state that, that took home two, two medals. But, yeah, 10 of the 14 medals came from our region, and I think that's something that we should all be pretty proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Uh, Kind of going along the lines of all the expansion that we've been talking about, you know, I'd kind of lump together really uh, Brewdog, Seventh Son, and Hoofheart had all expanded this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have been in the facility up in Marengo, but it's actually actually a really, really cool space. I mean, I I went up there one day for uh, mom jeans and wound up watching football (laughs) up there for a while. You know, it's not something you would ever thought you'd do in at Hoofheart. It was watching a football game, but (laughs) – and then you know, on t- you know, BrewDog especially, they they've got the hotel now. Um, they've opened up their museum inside the tap room, and then on top of that, they've got the Franklinton and the Short North locations. And Short North is cool if you're in the downtown area. The Franklinton one is it's off the beaten path a little bit, but I mean, it is cool. It is multi-level. They can open up the top floor, like open everything up. It's 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 probably. If you're just going to drink, if you're not looking for the food, it would rival the the canal location, really? in my opinion. Yeah, from when I was there, wow. it's also right across the street from Land Grant. So yes. you hit up two breweries. Very, very in a true. Very, very true. Very short time. Wow. And then you know, uh, another big event for me was Wolf's Ridge uh, fifth year, and that's actually yeah. where we came from right before we came back here, which is really cool seeing how 
they're continuing to grow and the things that they're doing. But one of my big events is actually, some people may consider it probably not the most positive thing for the area, but we're happy <laughs> that he's going on to bigger and better things, and it's Brad leaving Jackie O's. Yes. Yeah. So um, I, I know there's a lot of Jackie O's fans across the area, and I know Jackie O's is known widespread, and you know we, we, we hope for the best for Brad, but I mean that, that, oh, was, yeah. that was kind of a shocker when that one came out. Yeah. He's, well, you know, he is going to start his own new yeah, brewery yeah. out in California, yeah, yeah, correct? It's yep. going to be yeah. – he, he's going to make some good beer. Yeah. He's going to oh, continue yeah. to make that's, some really good beer. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, to, for the area, it's probably sad that he's leaving and right. whatnot, but it's great news for him. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Gnome? Yeah, so my biggest, I mean, going on the same kind of expansion and growing kind of thing, we had 12 new breweries in Cincinnati this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not our biggest year ever. I think we had like 17 one year maybe, but a lot of new breweries, a lot of different smaller parts of town, some little pockets and stuff that needed a brewery. So obviously that's exciting. Yeah. Um, the biggest one, though, I think, was Sam Adams opening their taproom in Cincinnati, Man. finally, after God knows how many years <laughs> people saying, you know, we really do love Sam Adams, but you're right here, and you're making all this beer, and you don't have a place for us to drink it, and um, finally starting to see them kind of stand up and say, look, you know, yes, we're, we're Boston Brewing Company, but we're, you know, we're Cincinnati. We've always been Cincinnati. It's, you know, part of who we are, and kind of saying that out loud and standing up and kind of, you know, waving that banner around was pretty exciting. Um, so when did that change? Because wasn't there a, a long time where it almost seemed like Boston Beer would kind of distance themselves from Cincinnati? That, they, like the, the fact that he was actually from here originally? It was a gradual change, I think. Um, when I started noticing it was when they started painting the brewery, which sounds stupid, but it's a, it's a beautiful old brewing building. It's you know been there for a, for a long time. I wouldn't say forever, but for a long time. And if you see some of their other breweries are these big nondescript buildings and you look at Cincinnati and there's murals painted on the side there's you know a giant sign that says Sam Adams you don't get that at those other places mm-hmm. then they put in some really cool stained glass windows with some murals with some historical brewing figures in Cincinnati so like you started to see things like that that kind of started making you think a little differently and like oh maybe they maybe they do kind of you know <laughs> think differently about why they're here and, and what it means to be here so Right. It wasn't like a one turning point where you could say, oh, they're, now they're saying it. You know, it was right, just kind right, of a right. gradual thing. Um, and then Rheingeist. Um, you oh, always yeah. have to mention Rheingeist. Yeah. The 33rd biggest craft brewery in the country was, yeah. um, I think, shocking for a lot of people to see them do that after five years. Um, I, it, it was, but it wasn't at the same time. I mean, like you... You, yeah, the five year mark is the the surprising part, but then you taste their beer and you're like, that doesn't surprise me. Like you, you, the, the fact that it's getting out, the word is getting out, it, it, it's the the quality of the beer is there. Do you know uh, how many states they distribute to now? Rheingeist? Yeah. It's not that many. I don't know off the top of my head. It's only like five, maybe. Which really makes and, it all the more amazing. And that some of that distribution biggest. is very We're passing limited. to the end, Rob. Oh, oh, sorry. Rob just kept <laughs> his. <laughs> it's it okay. It's okay, Rob. I got it. It's got six glasses. You can tell I never smoked pot in college. <laughs> that whole puff, puff, give <laughs> thing. Sip, sip, oh, pass. Oh, just give it to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, okay. Just, all right. Yeah, sorry, uh, now we're good. Now we're good. Now we're good. All right, okay. okay. <laughs> and which one's this? Which one's this, Sean? Yeah, what are we drinking Before else? you get to your stories. This is the Creekside Hefeweizen. So mm. Creekside Ooh. being Ooh. the area of Gehenna that we're in, we wanted to Ooh. give a little nod to the That's area. That's nice. nice. So. And if, anybody's, nice banana, nice if anybody is a yeah. fan of yeah. Hefeweizens, yeah. Th- th- this is legit. This is fantastic. This is very much legit. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. 
Uh, and then Sean, uh, or no, were you done? Do you have anything else? I didn't. I don't want to skip over you. No, Sorry. no, no. Those, those were the biggest. Just want to make I mean, sure. I, cool. I can talk Cincinnati beer all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Let's do it. I didn't mean uh, to interrupt you with beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How dare you, Sean? Any, anytime. Uh, so, Sean, uh, how about you? What, what do you think your your uh, largest stories of the region? Are? So, share a lot of the same sentiments as Brian. Uh, but the closing of Four String, both the production mm-hmm. and yeah. the tap room, yeah. I think that was a big hit to Ohio Craft Beer in general. I know they were doing production for a lot of breweries, and you know that's something that hit home for a lot of people. Um, a brewery that large just closing their doors for no apparent reason, and there's still not a lot of information out there on why or, or what's going to happen, other than their their tap room in Grandview is now being changed into a distillery by another company so really they're not hmm. coming back to grandview in that location so one would assume they're probably not coming back but yeah not That's sure sad so, it's yeah. sad to see a, a you know a company close yeah and um, i mean from a new opening standpoint you mentioned several antiques on high seven sons sour mm-hmm, brewery mm-hmm. that i went to a, a tasting that was amazing you can tell they waited they waited they waited they made sure that it was right before they they started that yeah. facility but i haven't in there we were supposed to go today and you know weather weather and 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 doing <laughs> and tours beer. two hour two hour <laughs> tours will take you off the yeah. at least game. we didn't end up stranded on an island what's yeah. what, what's the old phrase man makes plans and god laughs yeah <laughs> that's exactly what happened today uh, oh 100 percent the uh Olentangy river brewing company you know again they gave us a nice tour thank you to to josh and kiki for for uh, taking us around and yes. showing us around. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That Belgian triple. Yeah, <sighs> yeah if, any, if anybody's in the area, oh Olentangy River is going to be putting out a Belgian triple with hibiscus, and that will get me in trouble. It'll be gone in two weeks, so if yeah. you hear about it being released, get there, because yeah. uh, their stuff's been flying. Yeah. yeah. Yet yet to be named. Yet to be named. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, somewhere in particular, which is uh, mm-hmm. yep. yes. nowhere in particular, is kind of that, yep. um, that brewer that's been putting out cans of beer, and, you know, it's usually brewed somewhere in Dayton or Cincinnati, maybe Rivertown, maybe I think they uh, started out in Toxic. Hence maybe. the name, yeah. nowhere in particular. Uh, yeah, very, yeah. very Usually one-time batches, right? Style yeah. 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 Uh, well, they opened a, an actual facility called Somewhere in Particular in Columbus. Which is awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome yeah, I name. love that. Yeah. Also, somewhere we were going to go today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it still like that idea of like a one-off beer, like once they brew it, they, it's done and they don't bring it back? Or... Does anybody know? I don't believe like, so. Yeah, I, uh, I've I heard a couple people. Question. I heard a couple people who went there uh, recently. I think they just they recently opened, right, Sean? Yeah. Yes. Um, it's only been like two months. Okay. Yeah, I think they might have been there maybe the first or second day or something. They were they were surprised it was kind of just base. It wasn't anything like we like an Imperial Shores beer with rice or something. You know, it, it didn't have those nowhere in particular staples, but they said the beer was fantastic. Yep. It was just more of a base style for every, for the style. Mm-hmm. And then that could be, you know, old information too. Like I said, they said they'd been there right after opening. So uh, who knows what they're brewing right now, but uh, it seems like it's quality, no matter if it's just a base or if it's something uh, yeah. crazy. I think a lot of brewers tend to, uh, when they're going into a new market and they're first just starting to get their name out there, kind of tend to do that though. You know, I mean, most of them don't come in brewing a, you know, Imperial Berliner Weiss with <laughs> cherry and lactose and vanilla. I mean, right. coming out of the gate swinging with, you know, the craziest stuff. They're coming in out with their basic styles. They're, they're, they're Hellas lagers and their hefts and their, you know, base, just a basic stout with not a lot of adjuncts. I mean, just kind of proven that, hey, we can make just the basic 
yeah. base beer. If you make the basics you know? good, you're going to make If you make good. the right. basics yeah. good, yeah. then you're yeah. probably going to make the crazy stuff good, too. Yeah. So well, and, you got to learn the basics. And, 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 exactly. And, and, and right. you know, sometimes anymore, it's really nice finding just a very, very solid, good, basic-style beer because yeah. so many yes. people want to do so much with it right. that to sit down and have a crisp, clean, for instance, we just had a half of ice, and it was wonderful. One of my favorite, and this is kind of skipping, a bit I apologize but I, I like that American light lagers are now kind of being embraced by craft beer makers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's something every once in a while I just want to come home and have a beer beer and yeah, have it have flavor yeah. and not have it you know watery and all that so I you know there's a lot of lagers out there right now that are that are doing some really great stuff and and uh, I really like that trend uh, that we're that we're seeing in that. I think the smaller tap rooms that are just like uh, like a somewhere in particular that's just going into a new neighborhood that maybe doesn't know a whole lot about them. I think those guys are kind of actually doing yeoman's work yeah. Um, yeah. because they're really you know maybe they don't have like massive plans to distribute and, and can and be on shelves in grocery stores and have their taps everywhere all, you know all over town. But they're actually I think they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting as far as bringing new beer drinkers into the fold. Yeah. Yeah. Places in in Ohio and I published you know posts on my my facebook page all the time about new breweries opening in towns that are just like you know two three thousand people Mm -hmm, and it's happening all across ohio and a lot of those brewers coming into or a lot of those beer drinkers that are coming into those breweries don't know about the crazy styles that you know us more experienced craft beer drinkers that have probably been drinking it for nine eight nine ten years know about you know they just want a basic clean beer if i opened a brewery in my little neck of the woods where i'm at right now i guarantee you everybody's going to be coming in saying what do you have that tastes like coarse light what do you <laughs> yeah, have that right. tastes like bud what uh-huh. do you have that tastes like yinling and so i think really those those um those brewers are doing yeoman's work because they're putting out those just basic beer styles the blondes and the golden nails and the and the pilsners and, and the hellas that you know can kind of become gateway beers for people yeah. that don't have any experience with craft at all. Yeah, and like what you're saying, how they're not really pushing for grocery store shelves. I mean, that's that's not really the the forecast for a lot of breweries anymore. There's Agreed. so much, there's so little shelf space and so much on them now that a lot of, it's going to the breweries, it's making sure you get the stuff fresh from them, and it, and it kind of it relates back into what Sean was saying about how, with four strings closing, is you know, they're, they're making good stuff and whatnot, but there's so much options out there on a grocery right. store shelf that it's, it, it's it's hard to to mm-hmm. fathom. Even for an know, experienced craft drinker that's right. been drinking yeah, craft no, for years, it's it's mind numbing sometimes to yeah. walk into and a store so and try to figure out what you want to buy. The, the it's like watching Netflix. It really is. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it is. Uh, that's a great. That's great. But I will say that Four String was making a hilltop lager, hilltop yeah. light. Yeah. I feel like that was really pushing the boundaries with some of the big Absolutely. beers and uh-huh. you know they were selling well and that's where it's like you know yeah. someone needs to take the reins and and still brew those styles and keep that going keep that mm-hmm. momentum going yeah, yeah no absolutely. i think it's great to brew those style, styles but i think it's kind of telling that these small brew pubs are really like i said they're doing the heavy lifting um one thing that stuck with me is i, I was lucky enough to brew with sandy springs um, doing the Sierra Nevada, and that's another one of my top stories, I guess, is the the way the whole community came together after this whole yeah. the, the Resilience, the, the Resilience yeah. IPA with uh, Sierra Nevada and the campfires out in yeah. in uh, California, Huge. the biggest biggest fires in uh, forest fires in U.S. history, and the loss of life out there, and the way the brewing community all kind of came together, and they all brewed mm-hmm. the same beer. So anyway, I got lucky enough to go out and there and brew with them for a day, 
and having a conversation with Andy and Amanda Conrad and them talking about how a lot of people in Minerva, a small town like this, a three, 4,000 um, population town, came in and initially they're walking in and saying, what do you have that tastes like Bud? What do you have that tastes like Coors Light? And handing them a cream ale, you know, or handing them a, a golden or blonde. Ooh. And I asked them, I said, do those same customers that came in here one year ago, they still come in pass and order? <laughs> pass it down. Do they still come in or, and order the cream ale? And he said, no, they come in now and they order a porter or the vitamin C porter. Or they come in and order a stout. And I said, that's amazing to me because what you've done is you've just transformed somebody. You brought, you know, you've opened their palate, expanded them, and gotten them into a whole different world of, of different tastes and, and flavors that they probably wouldn't have tried otherwise. They were brewing or had brewed a, a Goza style. And, I'm, and my first question of them is, is this Goza going to work in Minerva? Is yeah. anybody going to drink this? Anybody going to order this? And they were totally confident that, that people would because they've transformed so many palates right. in that small town. How did the Goza and so go? so they're not drinking. They're not just drinking the, the cream, cream ales and, and, and all that anymore. So, um, yeah, that's where I think there's a lot of opportunity in our industry. What are we drinking now? Uh, yeah, what are we drinking now, Sean? This is it's the good. Studying Abroad Scottish Ale. Mm. So, I love me some Scottish ales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, just... Not a very common style to see out on shelves either, uh, at least mm-hmm. at least up in Cleveland. Uh, I really like multi. finding some good Scottish ales. Yeah, yeah. but you know what was cool is today, playing off of this, we saw some black IPAs and we've seen some other styles where we were at today that are not as big out there anymore, but it is great to see them coming again. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Agreed. It's very cyclical. Uh, a lot of stuff that went, you know, coming back and, and all that stuff. It's it's really nice to see uh, stuff you didn't see for a while come back. Mm-hmm. Yep. If if you have to, and I'm making you do it, if you have to wrap up kind of the overall kind of impression of what the beers are going to be like here, how can you, like, sum it up into, like, you know, delicious traditional styles, <laughs> the more delicious. modern kind of stuff? <laughs> I mean, whoa. Yeah, so like we were saying earlier, you know, we – we want to have beers that people can come in, get introduced to, styles that are clean, easy drinking, so that they have something that they can know is going to be good. And then we'll make the hazy pale ale, hazy double IPA, you know, those right. kinds of things, milkshake IPAs. So it's we'll have the styles that are relatively simple for the palate, like the Hellas and and the Hefeweizen, but then we're going to have the milkshake IPAs so that the people the the people that know beer and want something more and something different will we'll have that available. So we have 20 taps, and not yes. all 20 will be used for beer. We'll have some some wine on tap actually, Ooh. and some oh, nice. like one of the one of the one or two maybe craft cocktails. We're still working through the details there, but we we want people to experience beer, and you know. Again, the whole beer that starts a conversation, we want people to have a wide range of beers. We want to talk to them about the beers and actually get them to enjoy craft beer across the spectrum. Yeah. So. Uh, it's a, there's a very nice space in here. 
the, I, I can't wait to see when it's done, man. Yeah, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> that patio is no joke either. I'm kind of in love with it. Actually, looking at it in the summertime, I mean, the patio, right? The patio, it's, it's, it's heated and it's sealed off and everything, uh, so it's warm in there. But in yeah. the summertime, I can only imagine it's pretty awesome. Yeah, right. and there's a so Creekside has a lot of events and there's live music that happens just behind us here. And if you sit on the patio, you can hear the music and experience it. You can see, depending on where you're at on the patio, see what's going on. So it is a great spot because you can sit, listen to live music, and drink great beer. And then we'll have some food options as well, of course. Nice. And, and given that I, I was telling these guys, um, back in April 2017, uh, my wife and I got married literally two blocks that way. <laughs> um, one of the big things that we did is come down here and take uh, pictures down by the Creekside and a couple of the other buildings. And I definitely anticipate you guys having some bridal parties and <laughs> wedding parties yeah, and whatnot yeah. in here taking pictures. And I mean, hell, that's free marketing. Yeah, yeah right. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. The, uh, the space is great. There, um, There's... Gehanna is looking to pass uh, Dora, so it's Gnome, you know a little oh, bit about Dora? Dora? I'm a big fan of Dora. You what, is, the, what is Dora? The Explorer. Yeah, the Explorer. Yeah. <laughs> I know her well. <laughs> so Dora is a designated outdoor recreational area. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. I get that off the top of my head. Um, you can go into any liquor license holder, and you can get a Dora cup. It's a little plastic cup with the date written on it and the, the place you bought it at. And you can fill it with beer or, or whatever and go just walk around outside. Go from, oh, nice. from here, nice. go out there, listen to music with your beer in your hand. Nice. Go, you know, uh, so stores have to put a thing in their window saying you can go in with your beer, uh, but you can go shopping and stuff. You can't take it into another liquor license holder. You have to finish okay. it before you walk in. But I want to uh, say, is there a couple amazing. other towns in Ohio that are like this? Like Hamilton or something? Hamilton has one. Middletown has one. And I feel like there was somebody else that was just getting ready to pass one. And I don't know what it was. But I, I feel like I just saw it the other day. Um, but we use it all the time with a, a two-year-old at home. We'd throw her in the wagon and mm-hmm. go get a beer and just kind of walk around and keep her happy and keep me happy. And <laughs> Yeah. It's an interesting trend. Have it, have these communities, and you know better than than we do, because that sounds like, I mean, those all sound like southeastern Ohio communities that they're doing it. I don't know any place in northeast Ohio. Any no, you guys know any? No, nope. I don't, not like, I have I any of like these communities had have had any trouble with that? I have not seen anything. I've not heard anything, and I feel like that's something that if there was an issue, yeah, the news would jump it. on it. And, oh, and, yeah. And right. so I, you know, I haven't seen the issues with it. That's very cool. You get a lot of strange looks from people still, that people that just don't know that it's there, and they see sure. you walking right. with your beer. Right, right. Huh. You know, I, I spend some time overseas, and that's that's the norm over there. Is that right? So, the, the, you know, it that also takes away some of the, like, taboo feelings about yeah. having alcohol in public, drunk in public, that kind of thing. Because, I mean, living over there for eight months, you saw people walking around sharing full bottles of wine with their friends with right. no problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, so, think, do you think that's a, a broader trend as far as, like, where we're going I don't know, with alcohol, with, I think with it's, the way we approach it in our country. I think it's going back to the way things kind of used to be. Too. Yeah. Like like this whole idea of having breweries in every town. You know, it's like right. it, it used to be that way. Right. You used to right. be able to just go hang out, grab a beer somewhere, and walk around with it if you wanted to at one time. You know, that was just normal. And it wasn't until 
um, the the prudish you know prohibition laws started happening that that mm-hmm. died off. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just more of that normalizing back to the way things are supposed to be. Do you think our, as a as a country we've had like issues with alcoholism and drunk driving and so, some of the problems that we have had with alcohol? And I'm getting way going way deep here I don't than, <laughs> than I ever thought we were going to go in this podcast. But do you think some of that <laughs> had something to do with the fact that we've and really, yeah, that we've made it so right. taboo yeah. in 100%. our country for so Absolutely. long. When we were at, um, today when we were at Noctera, they were, the, the owners were talking about their, their kids were there. I think they were nine years old, nine and yeah, 11. Yeah, yeah. And they were saying, you know, they, they just get so used to this being part of their life okay. to grow up in a brewery and how it's normal for them. And it's not this over-sensationalized taboo thing like, ooh, alcohol. It's just a part of their life. And I also was pretty close to one of our foreign exchange students in high school who grew up in Germany and they would literally go home, thank you, they would go home from school at lunchtime, go home and eat with their families, they'd have wine and whatever. Uh It was like that in Italy too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, And it was so normal for them, so it was never this taboo, risque thing to do to well, you try and from sneak a, it from yeah, your parents. You're taught from a very young bell, young you know? age to respect yeah. the drink and to, exactly. to not abuse it and right. you can have a glass of wine with yeah. your dinner. You know, you don't have to have yeah. the entire bottle. Exactly. And it's just a different way of approaching it. Yeah. And yeah. You can enjoy all those wonderful flavors and the pairings with food and without yep. without abusing it and feel like, you know, the minute you turn 21, you got to run out of your house and right. go go yeah. get stupid right. because, you, because you've been it's been repressed it's like, it's from like, you like the, the preacher's we, daughter type yeah. mindset I mean, we actually we absolutely yeah. want what we can't have in, right. in life exactly. and if we're told you know so much you can't have this you can't drink that right. well and it's and just funny too because like we, you know for me when I was younger you know my dad would like I said he's a big Miller High Life fan that's all he's ever drank <laughs> yeah. you know but when I was younger you know, I was like what's that and he's like it's beer you want to try it and I was like okay and I tried it and you know when you're three you think it's the grossest yeah. thing in the oh, world yeah, so absolutely. I had no desire yes. to try it. Well, mostly because he handed you Miller Lite. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> exactly. To be honest, if I he had handed you this cocktail yeah. at a very young age, you would yeah. have a whole different perception, uh, wouldn't you? I can but, still but what I'm saying that, is, is he didn't hide it from mm-hmm. me. Yeah. He didn't right. like try no, and make it, it yes. something. I can still remember that that first yeah. thing taste that you're of Strohs. I didn't dislike it. I kind of loved it, and I think that's part of the problem of why I ended up a beer blogger. I don't call that a problem. Uh, <laughs> my wife would disagree. <laughs> you know what I think? You know what I think I like about craft as a whole is that it, it is more about the flavor. Yeah, it's more about the experience of, yep. of sharing a beer, you know, with, with a friend. And, and I don't, I don't know if there's something about something to the way it's made with you know quality ingredients. A lot of some of the beers are a lot more heavy and flavorful than the the light macro stuff that. We were told for so long ago, for so long as a country, that this is beer and this is the only beer. Right. Um, I don't know what it is, but like, I can't. As much as I love beer anymore at my age, I can only have so many mm-hmm. of them, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that lends itself to not abusing it and not becoming an alcoholic because you just sure. like after three or four craft beers on a weekend. I'm kind of done. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't need to grab a 12-pack of Bud anymore and knock out an entire 12-pack on a weekend. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I think is, I think... I reserve just, that for very special occasions. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just think the average craft beer drinker tends to approach drinking beer a lot differently. Oh, yeah, They yeah, absolutely. don't drink to respect. excess. They don't, yeah. There's mm-hmm. a lot more re- respect of the beverage, exactly. We're not drinking to... 
to get hammered. We're not drinking to get plowed. We're drinking for right. the experience, for the taste, for the, for the flavors, for the enjoyment. And you can only have so much of it as good as it is. Yeah. You just you almost can't become an alcoholic. Drink, I don't even right? think we can. All of us can, you can contain but. that much excitement. Look, listen how excited we get over one beer that we sure. have. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. and we're not excited about getting this. Like you said, a twelve pack or a case. It's like yeah. that one beer, and so we're gonna take our time yeah. and love that thing, right? You know, and that's yeah. what we do. I don't want to. I don't want to downplay the the alcohol issues that do exist with some craft <laughs> sure. beer fans. Either. Right. I think yeah. that's. Oh yeah, no. That, there's always oh, a segment of any we could, population. We could, we could really go down a rabbit hole here drinking. of how you know people that are in our position kind of are putting beer on 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 one level that a lot of people are are struggling on Absolutely. a whole different Absolutely. level. No, hundred percent. Even as craft beer fans, I think but, we probably yeah. all have it in our own fam- families. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, start back down here. Let's start uh, what, going we, through. We have wait. another beer. What are oh, we, yeah, what are we drinking? Yeah, what do we have here? So this beer is called Euro Trip. Nice. <laughs> it is a very fitting after the stories we were yeah. just telling. <laughs> what is well it? done. So Euro Trip. Okay. It is a Southern London brown ale, and I was looking up the differences because I'm still, you know, acquainting myself with the beers themselves. The London style, as opposed to the Northern English brown, is sweeter and lower IBU. Mm. It mm. also says it's a sessionable beer, which is okay. good for us. Very nice. yeah. So what a <laughs> so a northern brown, let's compare that to something macro that maybe uh, the average craft or non-craft fan. I believe would they be compared like, it to Newcastle. Like Newcastle? Yeah. Okay. Mm. So a southern brown would be more like what? Cuz it definitely is maltier uh, and sweeter. Yeah. Is there anything mass market that you would the, compare to? The BJCP style guidelines say that Man's Brown Ale, Harvey's Nut Brown, and Harvey's Old Ale are all examples of it. Okay. Um, okay. It's apparently. I don't know any of those beers. It's apparently. <laughs> yeah, I, I was hoping you guys did. It yeah. is apparently Sam a Smith's dead style that, that, you know, it's a dead style. We're bringing back a dead style. So someone that's nostalgic to someone. So yeah. a little taste of nostalgia for you. There no, you I go. like it a lot. He's getting good at this marketing uh, thing. Oh, man. Just like, bam. It's like they pay him for it. We're going to start back down here and kind of go over our favorite uh, trends uh, from 2018. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, start down here. Do you have any? Yeah. You got any? It's okay to say you don't have any trends. <laughs> yeah, That's fine. Sure. Um, as far as trends go, I think one I don't know if it's necessarily a trend, but this year, for me, something new that I've discovered is more of the sour beers that's never been a beer that I've looked for on the shelf. And this year, as we've explored, you know, done a lot of shows and explored a lot of different breweries, um, I've really discovered a lot of sour beers. And and, um, I've always enjoyed fruit beers, like as far, you know, in anything really, but sours have never I would never imagine myself to like sour beers and I have really developed a taste for them this year a lot and so I don't know that's just been something that um has been exciting to me to get to discover a new part of you know a new side of beer that I haven't really explored before so I think there are a lot of breweries that are doing really cool things with sours and exploring different um even random fruits a lot of random tastes or random flavors that I haven't seen before so I don't know that's kind of exciting for me yeah, and I'd even say to that point that, that you've experienced, because I think I know the beers you're talking about, some mm-hmm. of them, the fruit game of like some of these over-fruited beers have yeah. stepped their game up yeah. um, dramatically, and a yeah. lot of these like over-fruited beers, which I love, and mm-hmm. I love to see that. Um, since you gave a trend that I think that, uh, that you like, I'll go ahead and give one that I didn't like. I, mm-hmm. I, had, I had to really think about this question, actually, um, as Rob gave it to me about a week ago, and 
there, of course, you have like the New England, the brewed IPAs, and I, and I, I love any type of beer trend itself. I don't knock or I'm not right. against, and I, I love seeing it. No matter how many times I see the same style, it's interesting to taste the differences, the nuances. One thing, I, a trend I really don't like to see, um, this is kind of maybe a, a rough, but it's by us, the consumers, I'd say, mm-hmm. is someone saying, I hate that brewery, or I just mm-hmm. don't like yeah, that particular okay, yeah, brewery. Yeah. And it, to me, it's just like, how, how can you categorize an entire brewery at, yeah just into one i mean just like slow down give it a minute maybe um overall in hindsight of, of everything it's, it's okay if you don't like that beer this beer that beer but um making that a trend to categorize your likes and dislikes based on the branding of a of a brewery and to, right, and to that right. point too how many breweries have we checked out when they're in their infancy and we go mm-hmm. man they sucked yeah, yeah. but then yeah. you turn around and go yeah. back there a year and a half later when right. they've done their due diligence they've put mm-hmm. people in place and you're like holy crap yeah, yeah. look what they've done yeah. Yeah. you know and and that's one of those so many people write it off after yeah. you right. you could have been in there on a day that that Everything that could have gone wrong in that brewery did. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You can't write it off for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can't define a, a taste of a beer like a Miller Lite, mm-hmm. like a, a big, you know, macro beer by their name. You just yeah. can't. So if, if that's the, the approach you're coming at it, yeah. that's and just an uninformed take on it something yeah. cool for us too is the hop in the bean at the end of our season this year we did a little kind of a little award show and so buzz and i sat down and kind of looked over the breweries that we visited this year and talked about what they all brought to the table as far as beer as far as merchandise as far as branding as far as community aspect what their buildings like all of that experience. stuff and yeah experience and so we we were able to sit down and be like wow this brewery really brought you know their the way that they brand themselves is really amazing and like mm-hmm. wow this this company really just um puts forth such a community feel and this you know and so we we were able to come up with i don't know how many how many did we have maybe 10 more than that yeah categories and we could have had more and so that's really the heart that we want to see coming through with this beer community is not really like he said categorizing as a whole i don't like this brewery or this brewery you know sucks or whatever it's like you have to be able to address the um positives that are coming out because not everyone's going to nail every single category as far as a business goes but you have to be able to celebrate and encourage and and lift up the parts um that these breweries are doing well and give them a little you know boost to continue and you know nobody's going to be perfect coming right out of the gate you know you made a bad beer it sucked that's that's okay I mean, right. you know, nobody's perfect. All right. Um, before we move on to Rob's, let's take a five minute break. Okay. And uh, oh, then right. we'll pick up uh, when we get back and uh, we'll go down the line and continue with uh, the favorite trends or least favorite trends of 2018. We'll be back in five minutes, guys. Welcome back to the social media mashup event of the century. Uh, we are in the middle of our favorite and least favorite beer trends of 2018. Rob, it's up to you now. I'm going to defer to Sean and let him, him start us hey, up this, Sean. this segment. Yeah, I'll kick it off. So uh, beer tourism, huge around Ohio. I mentioned it earlier on with, uh, with the Columbus Ale Trail, but you know, with Cleveland introducing one dayton's had one you know the one in summit county uh the one that's on the the coast of ohio the uh pennsylvania ohio border if you will i don't know the names of all of them i've gotten pamphlets uh, but um, cincinnati maybe soon we have a little one little one but 
that is a very positive thing for Ohio from getting out, getting to places, getting people to understand that it's not just, you know, the, the biggest place it's, there are a ton of other small places to go to. And, and I think it allows people to support local breweries even more. So they may not know about a place in Newark, but you know, they can look at the ale trail and say, Hey, I need a stamp from dank house and they can go out there and they can get a stamp from dank house and then they can hit up trek on the way back and they can you know look at three tigers in in granville and they can hit up that that small section and homestead right there in heath like all of those places from a person in columbus may not know and i mean obviously the columbus ale trail continues to get larger i think there were 41 or 43 breweries on it this year so Hmm. um excited to see what volume five has but rob i know you wanted to mention the negative components of beer tourism yeah i think definitely on the flip side of that you know there's some uh there's some pratfalls that that we all kind of need to be aware of um you know it's a tight-knit industry there's a lot of mom and pops running the business um, but there's still some corporate interests involved and i think there are um some bigger players that are maybe interested in exploiting and taking advantage of the, of just how popular craft beer is right now and how popular beer tourism is. And um, one of the biggest stories, I think, and this goes back to my biggest stories, which I probably didn't include, should have included earlier, mm-hmm. is it was, was the, the Passport Brew Tour up mm-hmm. in Akron. And uh, what a debacle that turned into. Um, it Canton. was, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was Canton. It was mostly Canton and, and some breweries out in that direction. Um, but it was, uh, it was we're, kind we're of a, County? it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't officially named like oh, yeah. the Stark County, okay. but it was a lot of Stark County breweries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one out in Wayne's Wayne County, mm-hmm. one out in I don't remember even. Yeah. Um, but there was you know probably about 11, 11, 12 breweries that were involved and in some non-brewery enter- entities like some craft beer bars and mm-hmm. um, I think a restaurant and. Um, but it was it was just kind of this. Uh, it just seemed like a big money grab, to be honest with you. Okay. And sure. um, the people that were running it, you know, made an insensitive post on their face, Facebook social media account that they had set up, and the whole damn thing just blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, have. the mom and pop Definitely. breweries that um, were associated with it um, felt like they had a little bit of. Uh, egg on their face a little yeah. mm. uh, and they had to scramble really quickly to distance themselves from from this entity so I think um, you know as, as some of these passport trails evolve you'll start to see that maybe the brewers themselves will take a little bit more control and yeah. maybe be a little more choosy about which organizations they mm. choose to involve themselves with um, the Summit Brew Path, I think, has been a real good, successful one because it's been, you know, involved with a legit organization. Um, the tourist or the uh, Summit County Tourism Tourism yeah. Bureau, you know, is a legit um, tourism organization that's you know, dedicated to promoting business and and. Uh, you know, so I think people will be a little bit more choosy as mm-hmm. who they're going to associate themselves with. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately you are who you associate yourself with and right it's the caution of social media in general i mean For once sure. you put it out there people see it people can't take it, it back respond yeah, you can't you know, take reply. It back. yeah i know that they they tried very hard to to fix it and they just made it worse yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. and that's the biggest yeah. thing that happened with that whole debacle is yeah. that those people that were involved with it they just 
he didn't come right out and you know make the appropriate post that they right. needed to right. to distance themselves from whoever it's the Mr. person Standard. that was running their page. Um, the just I remember they it's a whole lot of cover up yeah. and the cover up is often worse than the crime sometimes, right? And oh, they yeah. they posted a situation. They posted a blog post by Craft Beer Joe about women in the industry and and <coughs> it was like they didn't even like if they would have been promoting that prior to that post then it feels natural but sure. then it felt like this hey we have to do this and right. and we need to do this and you know thankfully like craft beer joe goes out and says hey guys like you know i wrote this for a reason and i don't want to be associated with you and right. and what you're doing like you were wrong and don't try to cover it up with what i've written and mm-hmm. um but that's i mean just the caution of it just right into all those brewers credits i mean they came the minute that yep. post came out they all oh, yeah. came out in distances i mean they right. they all yep. started dropping like flies from that that particular tour um and you say a lot of those same breweries unfortunately are, are ones that aren't associated with another trail in ohio right. other than the ohio craft beer uh, app um, which is right. a great app if you don't have that go download it now it's very cool um but other than that you know they're not associated with a trail they're not on the summit brew path so i think they also saw it as an opportunity to be part of something um, because their particular county wasn't you know actively involved in organizing something like that and so um you know it's just an mm. unfunt- unfortunate situation all oh, the way yeah. around but they, they were very smart to quickly come out and distance themselves from that organization absolutely uh gnome you know, I know we talked about kind of the, the light lager thing a little bit, but I'm just going to throw loggers on it. I feel like every single year, I'm like, this is the year. It's a trend. They're finally yeah, going to yeah. catch on. And I feel like they are now. I, you know, this year we did see some of those lighter ones with Cheetah and Garage right. Beer in my neck of the woods. But um, it's also on like a not so light side to you. So you're starting right. to see Vienna loggers. Yeah. And you're starting to see Pilsners and stuff like that. But, um, you know, Braxton does a, a Dortmunder that's, phenomenal in my opinion you know there's there's some really really great loggers out there you know obviously great lakes has their door yeah, too absolutely. But, um the, it's just it's it's become the norm it's like you walk into a tap room and right. it's not like oh my god you have a logger it's like of course you have a logger nice, you, you know, a so yeah, yeah yeah it's 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 taking on a different kind of tone so yeah and you know uh, i've talked to a couple breweries one was uh, jolly scholar they're located on case western reserves campus in cleveland and they had a lot of construction people coming in around then, and they're also on a college bar, you know, right. on a college campus. So they had to basically make a, an American light lager because that's what people were coming in for, for construction wise, you know, and students, they're looking for the bang for the buck. And it's like, they're only like $4 a pint there. It's like really cheap. It's really oh. nice. Uh, and, and it's just a, it's a really cool trend. I agree. Uh, Brian? You guys have kind of hit all of the the trends that I've liked. This is going to sound a little odd, but you look at how cyclical barrel aging gets. Mm-hmm. What different kinds of barrels we use and, and th- things like that. I, I did not like the apple brandy thing this year. I was okay. not, not yeah. a fan of the apple brandy barrels. Gotcha. I just, you know, sometimes when you're after a, a, a barrel aged stout or a heavy hitter, sometimes that apple brandy just adds something to it that I think in my opinion, takes away from mm. the heavier hitters that I like to see. Right. So on the same coin, I'm curious what the barrel trend is for next year. Mm. I, I yeah, that'll be sours. It's yeah. got to Sour. be sours. Getting, yeah. getting sours into barrels with places that weren't doing it before has right. to be. Yeah. Has anybody ever had a gin barrel aged beer? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes. I've heard of them. The place Platform that we just came from, Wolfridge, actually did one. Platform did one. Yeah, Platform Maybe did an excellent heard, yeah. one. Uh, Madry has a great one that's a, a gin and bourbon. And barrel. I didn't think I was going to like it and just with the gin. Yeah, I'm and not it a fan was of very gin. Well bid, right. Very well balanced. But, but it, yeah, very unique. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so we're going to go into our favorite beers of the last year. Who wants to start this one out? Anyone? We're going to start down, I mean, start down with Brian? Yeah, I, I, I can start. I, I, won't, I won't go too far through my list be just because I know that uh, a lot <laughs> of my list kind of... We all have lists. Yeah. <laughs> we, could, we could do a whole show on just <laughs> this, really let's could. face it. And, it. and it definitely overlaps with, uh, with some of you guys. But um, w- one of my favorites from this year, and it's one of my favorite festivals or days to go to, is uh, Warped Wings Whiskey Rebellion Days. I I love Whiskey Rebellion. It is truly the barrel-aged stout that got me into that style of beer. And last year they... Hey, Brian, pass it down. Oh, yeah. Hey, well, I'm not drinking. I I didn't didn't take it, though. I didn't take it. I'm just talking. I'm just hoarding them. I kid. Um, Go on. But last year they introduced, you know, the adjuncts with uh, the caramel uh, peaches and vanilla. And though it sounded quite weird, it was delicious. And then this year they went even bigger and they released a three-year reserve to go with everything. So I'm curious what's going to happen this year. But I'll tell you what, if you can get out to Dayton for that, that's one of my favorite things that happens. And when is that? Uh, It was October, November. It was not too long ago. Okay. Uh, they do it in the fall every year. And then I'll, I'll kind of, I guess, you know, being from down this way, Jackie is Appervation. And, and believe it or not, for me, the original Appervation is the one that I love the most. I've had quite a few of their different adjuncts, but the original is fantastic. Uh, down in your neck of the woods, The Gadget, oh, Urban yeah. Artifact. Oh, yes. It's on my yeah. list, too. First, it's <laughs> and it then, is uh, their first year-round Midwest Fruit Tart. And it's so fantastic. on shelves yeah. year-round. Yeah, I think you're going to hear that on a lot of yeah. our lists. And then up yeah. you guys' way, obviously, Masthead. I love yes. Underverse and all of the adjuncts that go with that. Yeah. And my personal favorite for the hazy IPA craze was the Dream Crusher. So mm. yeah, that one was yeah. great. Uh, That's all. No. I, I I don't typically choose favorites, so I'm, I'm gonna, in the same boat. I'm going to word it a little bit different to say notable things for okay. me. Okay. Okay. Um, I was and it was probably first released at the very end of last year, but. Um, Streetside with their sour program, um, mm-hmm. diving into some, some barrel-aged sours. Their All in the Family was amazing, and some of the things that came off of that series. Um, Braxton's Dark Charge release always gets me really excited every year, and it's um, fresh on my mind since it was in December, so mm-hmm. I'll throw that on there too. And, of course, anything that Urban is doing, I'm all about, especially Love on their, Urban Artifact. their, their, their barrel side is, yeah. is phenomenal, and um, I, they are the craziest nuttiest group of people in, in the best way possible and I, I, yeah i've done a couple nice. posts on them and being that they're a cincinnati brewery i don't post a lot about breweries outside of northeast ohio but anytime urban artifact releases something new and crazy i do have to post on it and they they just um posted about doing some off the wall sour beer with some what's what is that fruit that they 
the durian good. fruit. Durian uh, fruit. Yeah. 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 Stinky things. The stinky durian <laughs> fruit. <laughs> Who else in the world would brew a beer with a durian fruit? Right. But not only do they do the beer, they, they served little pieces of durian fruit for everybody to try. Nice. Oh, wow. You wow. just had to go outside in the beer garden out in the cold <laughs> and get it because the thing stinks so yeah. bad when you cut into it. <laughs> See, and I, I was texting a couple of my friends about this, and uh, one of them told me, now, I haven't personally had this one, but I've heard one of the more insane ones flavor-wise that they've done recently was Landline. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, d- right. I did not get you a chance. Look at I, I have one in my fridge, Rob. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, I love it. Like I love Landline. Smoothie. And they also do the uh, the parfait Sundays or Saturdays as well, yeah, right? Yeah, Saturdays. Oh, Every Saturday they do a, a parfait beer, which dangerous. they refuse to put into a can because of all of the uh, volatility, the exploding <laughs> cans. <laughs> Good for that's, them. that's a bad trend. Let's throw that out there. Yeah. Exploding, exploding cans. cans. If, if your product could explode in somebody's car, let's just probably not, not, not put it in a can. Right. Yeah, uh, Sean. And before you start, what are we drinking now? Mm-hmm. So. We went two beers without talking about them, so I'll go back a moment and talk about the Koosh. So if you remember the Koosh balls. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so a little throwback to the uh, the days of throwing those around. Uh, that was a hazy pale ale. And so hazy it was. Hazy it yep. was. I the the uh, current is pokey, which if you are oh a fan of really? Gumby. Oh. Gumby. I'm Gumby Fun Gumby. fact, that's actually my wife's nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Gumby. No, Gumby is no, not Gumby. pokey. Come on, guys. This is PG-13. <laughs> at the best. That's what my wife <laughs> calls me. <laughs> you open the door. My bad. And my bad. we're back. <laughs> so pokey. So you can bring your children back into the room. A, pokey. Is a mimosa brute IPA, so you get the uh, dryness there, but mm-hmm. also the orange. It's a uh, very breakfasty mm-hmm. beer. Yeah, and so. for the record, you said remember Gumby, and that's when I said that's my wife's nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Backtracking. <laughs> I'm Gumby, damn it. I'm Gumby. Uh, so my, again, I, I try to drink a lot of different styles from different places, and I try to drink it on site, and I may not remember all of the variations of things that I tried at places because I don't yeah. log everything in, in untapped, but I will say the things that were... Uh, were standouts the Millersburg Imperial Pope uh, pumpkin ale. Uh, it won a, a medal. It was tasty for a pumpkin ale for sure. Nice. Uh, the cinnamon toast brunch from yes from Wolf's Ridge mm-hmm. was solid. I love me some cinnamon toast crunch and that yeah. hit on hit on that. So nice. Yeah. Uh, I I I really enjoyed a lot of uh, what was coming out of Masthead. Uh, this this year, yeah, their haunted hayride was pretty solid. The haunted mm-hmm. hayride was good. Uh, I didn't drink a lot of pumpkin beers. Just really good. Yeah. And I, don't I didn't drink a lot of pumpkin beers this year. Uh, kind of I. this yeah. has kind of been an off year for me, but that is one I did have, and I really did enjoy it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I am kind of like gnome. I don't really I don't have like a list of favorites. I I just like whatever you're asking me, whatever I'm drinking when you ask me. That's my favorite. <laughs> to steal to steal a line from my dad who's sitting here watching us. Uh, he, you, you ask him what his favorite cigar is. He's telling you whatever he's smoking at the moment. Uh, it's sure. you, you know, uh, just whatever the mood takes me. And yep. That's that's uh, I, Masthead Market mm-hmm. Garden, uh, mm-hmm. Jolly Scholar. You know, they're they're all putting out some Railroad uh, Avon out in Avon, Ohio. Both of those guys are putting out some fantastic product. 
and uh, you know, there's there's no shortage of great beer out there. So go check out everything that you can. And we talked about this a little bit earlier with going to tap rooms and the experience you get in the tap room with yeah. beers and how beers just become better tasting beers when yeah. you drink it from the source. I mean, obviously yep. it's fresher no and everything and no wonder it's better when it's right, fresher, right. but like the experience you have in the tap room with someone talking to you about the beer and about, you know, why that beer was brewed the way it was mm-hmm. or, you know, what was different and why they chose certain fruits. And I mean, Noam, you talked to Urban Artifact about how they get some of these fruits yeah. and it's just insane. Like what made them choose these things? And they're like, we just wanted to do something crazy. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. I think that that's one of my favorite trends too, is just people willing to experiment with, mm-hmm. with their beer, on risks, whatever, yeah. uh, taking risks on whatever it is. And, and a lot of times it, t- it comes out fantastic. So uh, it's risk uh, rewards is, is really good on that one. Uh, Rob? Yeah, um, I guess it's kind of the same thing as you guys. I don't, I don't like to say I have top ones, but some of the but ones that kind of... I do have a list. But, <laughs> but, but kind of the ones that like were really memorable to me. Yeah, yeah, I guess, no, you know, uh, um, For me, I do like a lot of the hazy pale ales. I'm on board with right. their and IPAs. I'm totally on board with that trend. Um, but in my top five list or of most memorable beers this year, really none of them really made... There's not there's not a New England IPA in there. Nice. Um, I actually have um, three fruited beers in there. So um, also Urban Artifact, the gadget. We said that'd be on a lot of people's lists. Mm-hmm. Um, Magic City um, up in Barberton, Ohio, uh, also did um, a fruited Goza, which is fantastic. It's called Wolf Among Ra- Wolf Amongst Ravens. Uh, that was a top one for me. Um, Missing Mountain in Cuyahoga Falls um, also did a fruited uh, Goza. Um, um, with uh, raspberry and lime and vanilla bean, and it was called Au Contraire Mon Frere. Um, <laughs> Great name. Really en- yeah. enjoyed that one. Um, I'm with uh, Brian totally on board with Masted in the Underverse series. Uh, yes. My favorite one was yeah. the Bourbon Barrel Aged Coffee Underverse. I thought I that one was fantastic. The Tiramisu was good, but the, yeah. the bar- Bourbon Barrel yeah. Aged Coffee was I still a, have a, a can of that me. Tiramisu sitting in Asian. Yeah. So it's um, going to be good. And then somebody mentioned Streetside. Uh, yeah, Streetside Street did an excellent collaboration stuff. with uh, with Platform, yeah. um, I think called Undercover Martian, that I really, really enjoyed. Their Mio Mai was really good. This, uh, milkshake Maybe IPA. was that. No, that was, yeah, actually, it was Mio Mai or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that it was one called. was cherry vanilla. That one was really yeah. good. And I, I'm hesitant on certain milkshake IPAs a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I like the style, I like the evolution of what it is. I'm not knocking it. It's just. Sometimes they don't sit well on my palate, but that one was one of the better ones I'd really had. Right. And uh, I don't know, probably one of my top beers all year is, is actually a non-Ohio beer, but it's got an Ohio tie into it. And it sounds like blasphemy blasphemy when we're sitting here having an uh, Ohio <laughs> beer What's podcast. What's the name of your page? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a beer called Situational Ethics by Monday Night Brewing out of Atlanta. Oh. And the tie-in is that they had a unique... Um, craft beer festival up in Jefferson, Ohio, which is kind of maple, um, maple syrup country, I guess, for one, for Ohio, for Northeast light? Ohio. <laughs> yeah, it literally has one stoplight yeah. if it has that many. Yeah. And um, they had a little little fest yeah. in uh, late October, and um, a number of national breweries, but also a number of, like founders and um, Goose Island, and but a lot of uh, local ones like Brick and Barrel and. Uh, a couple others were there, and um, the beer that really knocked my socks off was was Monday Night Brewing Situational Ethics, which is brewed in bourbon barrel aged 
maple syrup barrels. Wow. Or, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Maple syrup is, bourbon is barrels. actually bourbon, bourbon barrel aged maple syrup. In, yeah. So the maple syrup itself oh, is bourbon. aged in oh, bourbon barrels. That's awesome. And then put back into so the like beer. Yeah. Bourbon and, barrel pancakes. And, right. Yes. And yeah. it was yeah. in the <laughs> tomorrow bourbon barrel aged yes. maple syrup came from a maple farm in mm. Jefferson, Ohio. Okay. So and ah. that beer just absolutely blew me away. So. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Buzz? Um, yeah, I have a, a couple similar, actually, to Rob. Um, one being uh, Urban Artifact, uh, actually, the landline you guys are talking about. I really loved the, the orange and the strawberry, I think it was, that was in there. The kind of, kind of the orange, oh, the banana was in there. Different uh, kind of fruit flavors that came through really well that I really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also from Magic City as well, their New England IPA, Otherworldly Origins, was probably with as many New England IPAs that I had this year, that, I have to say, stuck out to me as one of my favorites. Uh, I mean, I'm with you guys. Whatever beer that I am drinking or right. whatever brewery I'm is visiting your is usually my favorite. There's so many. <laughs> but that one consistently stuck out to me. Just the hop character, I think it was with lactose as well, one of my favorite uh, New Englands all year long. Uh, Oakentrim on Fur was amazing. I had it actually with Rob uh, one day. I loved it. It was so thick and just like a kind of like a smoothie mm-hmm. flavor mm-hmm. that it gave you with all the blackberry, lime, and vanilla. And then Arche did a really good uh, New England. They they waited for a while because they're researching it so heavily, the style of New England, that Ron didn't want to release one and it not be good. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and then even so, about the third batch was at the Whirlpool Party. Uh, that was really It good. was amazing. I like, like that. Yeah, not many good. times when I'm at a brewery will I order the same beer. Yeah. I ordered two of those one night, good. and it, I nice. loved it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. And, uh, and then I'll round it out with, I just had Omnipolo's, uh, I forget the actual name of it, but it was a peanut butter and jelly sour. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I know that. I can't remember yeah, the name either. With raspberry and strawberry jam, it was called the what flavors. Was Is that an Ohio brewery? <laughs> I kid. I had one that wasn't right. Ohio too. Yeah. Where's the Ohio tie-in? Fair enough. But it was it was so good. I just but got a text from my wife that says the microphone is blocking my face completely. I knew this. You were worried about that. That's why we did that. But you know what? It's on purpose because because I have neither the face for TV or the voice for radio, so uh, nobody wants wrong. to see this ugly mug anyway. All right. Well, now this is a therapy session, and uh, this is transferred. No. Uh, <laughs> No. Awesome. Uh, and uh, Vicky? Um, well, Nikki. I don't. Nikki, no, I'm sorry. I feel like, no, it's okay. I feel like I'm Nikki, repeating, Nikki. repeating the whole line of well, guys. Thanks, here, bud. Urban <laughs> Adam. Because <laughs> <laughs> you called him bud, bud earlier. I, you know, okay. I'm a little nervous. No. Um, it's all good. Urban Adam. Uh, urban Artif. See, now you're Urban Outfitters. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to start talking in pig Latin. Um, <laughs> Key punch from Urban at Artifact. See? Or yes. E.K. Unchpe. What? Yeah. Or E.K. Unchpe. E.K. Unchpe. <laughs> has been one of my favorites for a while. But Love this year, one. the Gadget and Landline, both, like, yeah. I was totally taken by surprise by both of them. And I'm kind of a little bit obsessed, low-key obsessed. Um, what? And just, just, <laughs> hold on. Let's just, and just our new member of our team, Miranda. Yes. She drank her first Urban Artifact beer, yes. and it was Gadget. Yeah. And she said, that beer just gave me chills. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I 
I feel like a schoolgirl. Like I get so <laughs> excited every time. You know, Buzz will be like, um, Nikki, I got some new gadget. Come over. And I'm like, so oh, So we're learning so is there's a lot of love so, for Urban Artifact. But yeah. <laughs> so what, do, what's yeah, pretty amazing is that Urban Artifact is yes. in your neck of the woods. Yeah, right. that's a long way to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty awesome. They're just good. I do want to give a shout out, though, to a local brewery, Head Trip. They're in mm. Stout. Oh, yeah. Yes. They, we went to the Akron Ale Fest this summer, and they had this, um, I'm pretty sure it's an IPA, and it was called the Sweet Heat, and it was brewed with um, pineapple and um, jalapeno. Oh, that was and good. That was good. I'm... I get a little leery sometimes when breweries try these like funky creative things because sometimes, you know, I mean, I think everyone's trying to do something unique and original and sometimes it really does not come through. But this beer was very good, very unique. And I think I had it three separate times and every time it was another it was like a surprise again when i tried it again so i'm very impressed by that the sweet heat. in the midst of a beer fest yeah in yeah. the midst of a beer fest i mean that was one of the the beers that really stuck out to me and it has ever since and i i think it's just because it was so unique and it really ta- i mean it tasted like you were drinking a banana pepper kind of i mean it was sweet but it was spicy and nice. it, you really mm-hmm. you really tasted all the flavor it was very good i it's one of those yeah, very refreshing. It's just one of those beers that you can kind of taste. The you know, there's a taste in the beginning, and then in the middle, and then the finish, and then the aftertaste. And so it was exciting to to drink that. Yeah, you yep. know, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those um, are my favorites. So anybody have anything else to add uh, before we start doing our outros and getting out of here? Uh, we've kind of covered everything. Oh, uh, just yeah. uh, trends toward 2019 or yeah. new breweries that are, that are opening. Anybody yeah. got anything? Any, anybody that have really anything looking off the top forward of your head? to coming this year? We're sitting in one. Yeah, yeah nostalgia. Is, uh, I'm excited about nostalgia. You know, after trying all his beers this evening, <laughs> I'm beers. excited for nostalgia yeah, too. These are fantastic beers. <laughs> and where we were at it earlier today. Uh, oh, Noctera. Yeah, looking forward to them. We were too. at a lot of places, so that had, we were narrowing it down. Noctera, <laughs> Not, Noctera in February. Is check out. That is going to yes. be one of the coolest tap rooms yes. that you will visit. So um, uh, you know, it, it was a really cool vibe. It's going to be awesome. Uh, definitely, definitely the uh, Noctera. And some sure. of the nicest people they've, you've they've ever got. Some oh, yeah, super yeah. nice people. February second, really family friendly too. Yeah. And before we sign off, it looks like one other round is coming around, mm-hmm. so we need to put in another shameless plug. I think so. we were all actually really impressed with Noctera's yeah. like planning and like, yeah, like how much thought went into yeah. the layout of that brewery. And these guys, we're, we're talking, they're just like home brewers. None of these guys mm-hmm. went to Cyber Institute in Chicago or any of these crazy brewery schools. Brewery, or, right? yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they've already got a lab in there, yeah. and they haven't even opened the doors. And, and you know, they've separated their, their sour what's going to be the sour facility away from everything else and it operates on its own HVAC system. So they're already taking precautions to prevent the cross-contamination that we've seen in different entities through this past year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty remarkable for, you know, a startup brewery to see just how much thought they put into everything. They've obviously done their homework and so they're definitely going to be one to check out. What Uh, are we drinking? And then Sean, yeah, what are we drinking here to wrap up the show? Ooh. Yeah, so this would like be it. the No Wrong Way, and it is a peanut butter porter. Mm. So uh, make sure you give it a nice smell because the aroma mm-hmm. of peanut butter is there. Mm-hmm. And I'm I, 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 yes. speaking from my experience oh. how we were talking about how some things can oh. taste uh, artificial. Yeah. This doesn't. This does not no, at all. Not. Yeah. This okay. right. is it's very well done. I found a lot of yeah, the one, the peanut butter that comes out of Ohio never taste fake. At least the ones that I've had, right. and then you get outside of the state. Ohio does have the best peanut butter. I mean, that's I mean, uh, that's a given. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little known fact. Yeah. 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 
best peanut butter farms. Chocolate peanut shell. Yeah. So real quick, in terms of upcoming actual in Columbus is opening a Clintonville location. Oh, nice. I think it's soon, like next next Friday, this Friday, something cool. like that. Um, Noctera Nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, got a plug there. But um, the one big thing is 6-1 Poor is an event that happens in Columbus yes. every year. Yes. And it's at Huntington Park, and it's only breweries that are part of the Ohio Craft Brewers Association. And it's a really big event. It's outdoors, but they have it underneath the rotunda area or whatever you want to call it. So rain or shine, it's still a solid event. I've been there both when it's rain and shine and um i think uh the quarterly uh podcast event should uh, happen Ooh. around that time Ooh. just uh hey, quarterly right. just now it hey, out there. Hey, we're getting ambitious quarterly uh that, we could do it that, that we like could do outdoor we could yeah. do it there right like on on premise yeah on premise on that Ooh. on that note um with the six one poor the ohio craft brewers association actually does a another i think that's one of their three flagship events yeah. of the year um we have a rather big one up in cleveland too that everybody looks forward to every year and it's the winter warmer fest in march yes. yeah and, yep. uh, i will be lobbying with my wife to let me go to that one <laughs> <laughs> right? um, yeah. i have missed it it's the 13th annual this year uh i have not been able to get up there um to date, the actual date but uh i think it's march 9th from two yeah, to five and there. at yeah. windows on the river in the in the flats um, but that is that. I mean, you ask the brewers themselves what their favorite beer fest of the year is, and to a yeah. man, most of them will tell you it's that one. Nice. And 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 with the with most craft beer heads, that's their favorite one too, because most of the brewers are actually there. And a lot of beer fests, you know, you get a lot of volunteers that really don't know about the beer a whole right. lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but almost all the brewers actually go to that fest, so you can actually walk up to the booths and actually sit there and talk to the brewers, and it's it's. Supposedly, just one of the best events That's all year, I've and I'm really looking thing. forward nice. to that one. Halloween is another Halloween, one. Halloween, yep. Oh, Dayton, yeah. Other big event of the year. So nice. So. Um, yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up now. Uh, yes. Thank you guys all for being here and coming out to Columbus. Uh, Gnome, uh, you drove all the way from Cincy. You got to go back. In uh, a blizzard. In a blizzard. Hop in the beach. You got to get back up there. To drive from Cincinnati. I'm too. staying. I'm staying here tonight. <laughs> Uh, and no, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Thank you fun. so much. Uh, look for this episode. It's going to be out uh, through the various platforms uh, that are out there. I'm going to be releasing this uh, on next Friday. Uh, and uh, no one do you plan on releasing this? Uh, mine will be up on Monday. So you can listen to it uh, nice. in our different formats. I'm not cutting mine up. Mine's going to be just this. So just however. <laughs> unscripted. Unscripted. Raw. Raw. Maybe I'll do unedited. Like commentary throughout. And then I'm like. Oh, nice. There you go. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll, I'll probably just steal your audio for our group and yeah. give yeah, you kudos and props. No plagiarism good. here. No, no. Uh, it's free to share. Free to share. Uh, thank you guys all for being here and uh, enjoy the rest of your night. Thank, thank you all you for tuning in. Thank you to our hosts, Nostalgia and, uh, Brewing, most of all, for letting us uh, broadcast. Letting us try the beer and all that. Thank you so much. Uh, have a good night, everybody. Everybody, everybody plug all, your sites again for me. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, so yeah. go ahead down the line the, the, what, through your sites and podcast names. Yeah. Hop of the Bean. We are uh, usually, last season we were on Facebook Live. This next season, look for us to be launching our brand new YouTube channel. We're nice. on Instagram. Nice. Hop and Bean. And still on Facebook. Northeast Ohio Craft Brewery News. The Taproom Exclusive. NEO Craft Beer Community. Uh, the GnarlyGnome.com and CincyBrewcast.com. Points on Pints, but also the Nostalgia Brewing Facebook page. There we go. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you guys for being here, and uh, tune in. Have a good one, everybody. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. 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 I'm all hopped up.